0: Hi, I'm Lindsay with Valentium and I'm talking with MedTech industry leaders on how they change lives for a better world. The inventions and technologies are fascinating and so are the people who work with them. There was a period of time where I realized fundamentally my job was to go hang out with really smart people that are saving lives and then do work that would help them save more lives. I got into the business to save lives, and it is incredibly motivating to work with people who are in that same business, saving or improving lives.
1: What better industry than where I get to wake up every day and just save people's lives?
0: These are extraordinary people doing extraordinary work, and this is The Leading Difference. Hello, and welcome to The Leading Difference podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today, Alex Condon. Alex is the COO and co-founder of Galen Data, a medical device cloud data platform. Prior to starting Galen, Alex was the chief strategy officer at Tytronic Software, a longtime NASA contractor. Alex is originally from Scottsdale, Arizona, having attended Arizona State University, but now calls Houston home. Thank you so much for being here today, Alex. I am so excited that you're here and talking with me, and Welcome.
1: (laughs) No, thank you for the opportunity, Lindsay. Sincerely appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Well, if you don't mind starting off by just telling us a little bit about yourself and your background and maybe how you got into the med tech industry, I'd love to start there.
1: Sure. So, um, originally from Scottsdale, Arizona, that's where I grew up. I went to school at the W.P. Carey School of Business at Arizona State University for finance. So, something way outside of med tech. When I was 19, I got hired at a private investment management firm that was there in Phoenix and worked there until I was about 27 and then parted ways and took a job at NASA, Johnson Space Center working for a NASA contractor. titronic software, they've been around for a long time, uh, usually focused on advanced technology across a wide spectrum of use cases, things from system modeling and system engineering, all the way to augmented reality and blockchain applications and things like this. And one of the things that a lot of NASA related kind of space flight software companies do down in Houston where our office is as they moonlight doing medical device software because the compliance rigor of NASA space flight software is very close to class three medical device. So the NASA contractor was splitting maybe 50% NASA related work and 50% custom medical software. And from that, we saw a pattern emerge of companies that needed cloud connectivity as part of their medical device offering. And typically, if you're going to engage in that kind of work, it tends to be very costly and take a lot of time to develop. But the requirements from project to project are very similar. Everyone needs a way of seeing their device data, showing it to stakeholders, whether that be patients or clinicians or maybe someone else in the value chain. They needed a way to run algorithms create notifications against the data. And from there, we saw the opportunity to create a product and that's where Galen Data got started. So went from finance to working with a NASA contractor and now in MedTech.
0: Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you have had quite the exciting background when you first started. Could you have imagined that you would be now a COO of a company that you helped off the ground from the very beginning. I mean, was that ever an idea of yours or was this just a complete surprise?
1: (laughs) I've always worked for small companies. When I worked for the investment management firm, I was the first employee. It was a team of three. And then when I left, I want to say we were somewhere north of about 30. I think that number sounds right. When I started working for the NASA contractor, they'd always been small by design, liking to kind of take on projects that they could really dedicate a lot of time and focus to. And it was about, I want to say 75 people. And when I entered, I was in a director of strategic initiatives role and then moved up into director of strategy role. So always worked for small companies when the opportunity to create Galen rolled around, it felt very comfortable. So no real surprises, but the journey itself was the surprise.
0: Right. <laughs> Getting from point A to point B was the surprise. Very nice. Is there a particular moment that stands out to you that this was the right career for you specifically? It could be Galen data specific, but just in general, working within the med tech industry, are there any moments or a series of moments that stand out to you as just,
1: yes, I'm in the right place? I think that the product was launched out of a need that we saw out in the world. So I think that being able to analyze the gap and seeing that these med tech companies were having to take on a large burden when it came to their cloud software. So those companies would have to, like I said, put up a lot of money, a lot of time, but there's an operations side of kind of owning cloud infrastructure and medical device that a lot of them might not be able to wrap their heads around. So when you have the software that can connect your device to the cloud, you're responsible for all the data that ingests. So you're responsible for all of the privacy concerns, the regulatory concerns, on the IT side, you're responsible for things like cybersecurity, you're responsible for things like disaster recovery. And in all of those landscapes, things change all the time. There's new regulations, there's new cybersecurity threats, and all of those things can tend to morph a med tech company into an IT company. And that seemed like kind of a growing risk concentration, especially as more medical devices started leveraging the cloud for whatever they needed. So seeing that gap and seeing that the team we put together, the CEO, Chris Dupont, the CTO of La Walla, both of them have very deep industry experience. And by the work we've done together working at the NASA contractor, we all came out of the same place. I believe the team had the ability to execute. So if you marry that idea of product that has a need, could seriously help people get their device to market in a safe and de-risked way and then also have the team to execute on it. That to me solidified this is something that I want to do and I think that it benefits the greater good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So can you tell me a little bit about the history of starting the company and where you are now and where you're looking to be? I'm always curious of the evolution of a small business and how you can go from that very first (laughs) idea to reality and beyond.
1: So Abbas Lawall, our CTO, had the idea of creating this platform. Chris Dupont, our CEO, he has always had an entrepreneurial bent. And so they both latched on this idea of this is something that they want to do, but there was no kind of execution arm to get it done. And that's when I entered in. So far before we became an actual company but this idea of, well, Alex, this is this background in helping companies grow and seeing how a company should come together at an early stage. So putting some kind of some meat on the bones. From then, we registered the company, the name Galen Data. It doesn't really mean anything. and It was by design. We knew that it was going to be in medical device or healthcare. So we picked an ancient Greek physician, Galen, to tack onto the name. And then Data, because we knew we were going to have big data in some respect. So took those ideas, made the name, and then when the product came around, it seemed to fit fairly seamlessly, uh, medical device, cloud product for kind of cloud data management. So a boss had the idea, and then a lot of it existed in his head. So from the time that we started the company, in terms of kind of filing all the documents, we raised some funding, and then the boss just hunkered down <laughs> and went radio silent for a long time, pouring his evenings into making an MVP for us and from then it was okay now we have this product now it's time to try to scale it a bit so we brought in a a vp of it ops and started trying to attract some kind of initial clients and when you have a company like ours that's housing a lot of this medical device data and the medical device companies who are our clients are reliant on our ability to execute our ability to persist as a company. You have to knock on a lot of doors to find early adopters. As a small company Mm -hmm. that's being entrusted with a huge piece of operational infrastructure for a medical device that might have raised tens of millions of dollars and employ dozens of people, it requires a tremendous amount of trust. And one of the things that's not lost on me is the amount of trust that those early clients put in us. The idea was relatively new to the space. Connectivity as a platform idea was something relatively new. Prior to that, everything was like what we were doing, kind of built bespoke. So I look back and I love all of our initial clients, would do anything for them, but awed by the amount of risk they took on working with a startup. And actually one of the greatest days of Galen's existence was when we finally looked at the books and realized that we could persist through time and that we were making enough money to pay all the bills. And it was a huge sigh of relief across the company. And that is a, a great day that I'll always remember.
0: That is a great day. Oh, I love hearing those stories because I know how hard it is to get a company up and running and to be profitable and actually viable. So so kudos to you because that is no small feat. (laughs) So I am curious, you come from a finance background and found your way into the medtech space, which I think is fantastic. Do you have advice for others who might be in a similar situation come from a background that is different, maybe not engineering, but that might be interested in being a part of the industry. Do you have any advice for those kinds of folks who might want to make that leap?
1: I think that this is a small industry that is very welcoming, and they put a lot of emphasis on knowledge. And so I think that if you are looking at becoming a leader in the med tech space, understand where your niche is, right? Go deep in that area, network, people will will respect you for the depth of knowledge you have and whatever it is you choose to pursue. And I think that's an easy way of integrating into the greater ecosystem. Mm-hmm. I think that the med tech in general, it spans so many different facets, right? From the people who are going out there and creating the product or the scientists behind the reason for the products to exist, all the way through things like quality, regulatory, in our case software, supply chain, all of these different things. And I think that as long as you can show that you know your stuff in where you fit in the greater big picture, that people will naturally gravitate towards you. And I think people naturally gravitate towards you. It's also a good sign of trust. And I think that, you know, if you have trust and you have people who believe in you, that's what kind of takes you places in in this industry.
0: Yeah, that is really a great perspective. And I think that you're completely right in terms of when you know your own area of expertise, it doesn't have to be the same as anyone else's. In fact, it's helpful to have a bunch of complementary skill sets. And you're right. I think this is a very welcoming, it's a very respectful industry and sort of allowing each person to have their own area and own it. And people are really friendly here.
1: (laughs) Agreed. And I think that it's one of those, the kind of the beauty of the space is that everybody is aligned towards inevitably the goal of helping people. Even if you work on some aspect of supply chain and you're far removed from maybe the doctor with an idea, everyone is moving in that same direction. And I think that when you have all of those people paddling the same direction, not only do you rely on each other, but you can also create a lot of momentum. And I think that momentum has a pervasive way of working into people and bringing people together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned at the very beginning of answering that question that knowledge is such an important component. And I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm curious how you, as a leader in this space and As somebody who has had a couple different iterations of your career so far, how do you prioritize your own learning and growing as a leader, as an individual, as a contributor to this field?
1: So I think that, again, kind of knowledge in the space being important, I always try to focus on be the best that I can be in the space that I'm in right? So we probably work right now with 20% of large companies, 80% kind of startup companies. And so understanding the value that we add in both places, always trying to stay on top of new happenings that would affect either our company or kind of the state of the industry, both from the big company kind of perspective and also from the small company perspective. And always trying to take time to also study things on the periphery, right? How we can improve as a company, how I can be a better part of the greater team and really keep the focus there. And I think that a lot of my job also is going out and and talking to different folks in both places, the small companies, the big companies, and trying to be an active listener and understand what their pain points are. Pain points can evolve over time and they're usually unique to each individual conversation. Right. And then try to take those things and formulate them in a way that I can then better my own learning by turning actionable. Right. Where are my gaps by listening to the outside world and trying to chase after that information or that answer or try to seek out that key opinion leader or something like that who might be able to add more to, to the story that I can ingest and then put into practice.
0: Yeah, great answer. I also think sometimes it's helpful to look beyond your own industry's standards when it comes to any aspect of the business and to sometimes look at other industries and see how they're being successful in various ways and see if you can't grab some of those ideas and make them your own. And I'm curious if that's ever happened for you too where you can get stuck in oh this is how everyone in the industry does it but there's a lot of great resources outside too that can sometimes apply
1: sure absolutely i think that we are a SaaS product right software as a service and there isn't a lot of that in the med tech space right you have some quality management system companies that are doing things maybe you have some supply chain platforms and things like this But medical device in general has been a laggard when it comes to adopting new technology on the operational level. So, when we first entered, you had to look around and see other areas where connectivity was more widespread. So, when I was looking at how my piece of Galen would form itself, I looked at the Internet of Things space. So, Mm. looking Mm -hmm. at how companies had been successful. In connecting devices in energy or in mm. consumer devices in the home and things like yeah. that, and seeing how we could turn those ideas and those success stories and try to make them a part of our narrative with a med tech flavor. And it's been interesting. The perspective that you get today is based off a lot of success stories, right? So, right now, when you look at how other people were successful, you have to remember that it's winners biased, right? You don't hear about the mistakes that companies made that no longer (laughs) exist, right? And in our case, we were bringing a product that was new to the market. This idea of cloud data management for medical devices, a very compliance heavy industry, wasn't something that a lot of people had kind of pursued wholeheartedly. There Mm -hmm. might've been some fleeting attempts, but not enough documentation to make something useful. So looked in those areas and tried specifically to find why people failed and why is it that some of these companies that were hot in the connected device industry didn't make a mark. And then also, I think that goes back to the question about kind of understanding your industry, why, if at all, is MedTech different, right? And it is. The product lifecycle is so long the funding cycles for the startup companies, the decision cycles for the large companies, in both instances, the slightest hiccup can throw you off for months. So Mm. being able to appreciate the buying cycle, work it into kind of a greater business plan, and then making sure that we had realistic expectations heading into it was something that I think was critical that we learned as a result of both knowing our space, but also looking out and seeing where other people had success in aligned areas like iot
0: yeah yeah that's great perspective and i really appreciate you sharing about that because just in terms of What you were saying regarding winner's bias and things like that, where we have a tendency, even from an outside perspective, to only look at the wins or to only hear about the wins, right? And so I think it's really helpful to also be able to have those honest and transparent conversations when appropriate to say, yeah, we tried this and it flopped. And here's why. (laughs) and That's okay, because we learn from it.
1: Absolutely. And I think that to your point about transparency, that's probably one of the most core pieces about Galen Data. Everywhere that I've ever worked has been a very transparent and flat kind of organization. And that's very much the culture that we have with Galen Data. Try to value everybody's opinion, always make them feel like they're a part of the team, always allow ourselves be open to criticism, even if it's from the lowest person on the org chart all the way up, and always think about the feedback that we get. And like you said, approaching problems with kind of introspection and brutal honesty.
0: Yeah, that's just been a reoccurring theme that I I keep hearing from folks that I've been talking to is that idea of curiosity being such an important component to not only your own personal learning and growth and whatnot, but also as an organization. And if you can stay curious, then you can stay teachable and you can stay humble too. Which is not a bad thing.
1: <laughs> no, I think that I kind of find myself to be a naturally curious person. And I think that everything amazes me. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those people. I have a million interests. Everything amazes me. And I think that if you can bring that to a job or to a company, whatever, that it'll really take you places because you get out of your own kind of mental trench right? It's important to pop up and look around every once in a while. And I think just being a naturally curious person creates that naturally, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. I I will say when we were talking about popping up and looking around for a minute, I had this instant vision of this meerkat so we can have our meerkat moments, you know, where we pop up and look around.
1: That is a perfect example. I'm a huge outdoorsy person. And one of my favorite things to do is just go out and look at prairie dog towns. And so sometimes you're digging and you're digging and digging in the dark. And every once in a while, it's important to pop up and see what's going on around you.
0: I love it. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Well, okay. Pivoting just for fun. Imagine someone were to offer you a million dollars to teach a masterclass on anything you want. It can be about something in your industry, but it doesn't have to be. What would you choose to teach and why?
1: So I grew up family, me, my dad, and my sister, we did road trips a lot to the national parks. Mm. I've always been, like I mentioned, a huge fan of the outdoors. Yeah. And so I think that if I were to teach a master class on anything, it would probably be maybe national parks mm. and kind of conservation in general. And this is not just something that's talking about here domestically in the US, but, you know, national parks exist everywhere. And every national park has a narrative around it. And I think that also the outdoors kind of needs to fit inside of that work-life balance. And so for me, one of the things that I'm passionate about and I try to do as often as I can is go see the national parks, get some fresh air, take in the beauty that's around us And try to exist in that moment, try to kind of take things in for the wonder that they are before you go back to work or family life and things like that. So I love telling or reading about the narratives behind some of the big national parks here, hearing stories about the ones that are overseas. And I think that if I can share that passion with other people and get them more outdoors and enjoying that side of life, that's something that I would do if I had my druthers.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. And that would be a great masterclass because it seems like not a lot of people necessarily prioritize as much, but when you've had the privilege to grow up and visit those places and experience what it's like to be in nature, like you said, just take a moment and (laughs) slow down and just be present, that is so important. So yeah, I would attend that masterclass.
1: (laughs) Sure. No, absolutely. Knowing a bit about your travels, I'm sure that you feel the same. It's it's an important part of, of our short time here. And so make the most out of it. See all the things, do all the cool stuff, try to soak in as much as you can. And at the same time, if you're passionate about something like I am about Galen Data, you can have your cake and eat it too.
0: Yes. Amen to that. Well, what's one thing you wish to be remembered for after you leave this
1: world? So this is not something that I think about too often. I think that It would be great to be remembered by friends and family as just a good person. Again, I have a lot of interests. And when you extrapolate out, if I could take my experience in the business world or maybe socially and apply them to all these various interests that you have, there's probably a narrative that gets left as a residual if you're able to kind of pursue those paths. Right. And so I think that if you show up and you work hard, you treat people well, the legacy will write itself. And in our case, one thing that's not lost on me is our product, it's a great accelerant when it comes to medical devices coming to market. And when I think of medical devices, we'll take a startup perspective. There's a lot of education, a lot of late night working, investor money, time spent creating these medical device products. And if we can help those companies get to where they need to go in a de-risked way, maybe they come to market far faster That means that their impact can be felt by more people, right? Mm -hmm. More people sooner who need these kinds of products. Mm -hmm. So in that vein, we're a small piece of the puzzle, but our kind of legacy, I guess, would probably live on through the devices that we service, right? So that's one thing that's extremely gratifying about the role, right? We have many devices, devices on four continents, dozens and dozens and dozens of companies that are using us being a piece of that narrative, even if the champion is the inventor, happy to carry them on our shoulders as best we can. And at the end of the day, we'll never really have an idea of of the number of people that we help, but it's satisfying to know that we've been a piece of the process for so many device companies.
0: Yes, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. That's fantastic. And Final question. What is one thing that makes you smile every time you see or think about it?
1: I laugh as I say it because a lot of it has been talking through it with you is how we end up where we are, right? Yeah. So from working in Phoenix, Arizona in essentially a basement with two founders of an investment management firm (laughs) and grinding my teeth there for years and then working with astronauts as part of this NASA contractor and getting to meet a whole lot of interesting people and now being surrounded by some of the brightest people in the medtech space. I'm always happy to be the dumbest guy in the room. <laughs> and uh, looking at that play out in your own life is something that I smile about. And then outside of that, for me, again, hearing positive feedback from the companies that we help, where they tell me something that was tangible to them. We were able to save this much time, money, or whatever. We were able to launch our product this much quicker Or something Mm -hmm. like that going back to the last answer hearing the result of your work again Mm -hmm. being able to pop up from being that prairie dog digging in the ground and looking around and hearing people have liked what you've put a lot of sweat equity into and hearing how it really helped them that always brings a smile to face a hundred percent of the time
0: yes oh yeah that's a great answer well, thank you so very much for joining us, Alex. We are honored to be making a donation on your behalf as a thank you for your time today to Opportunity International, which designs, delivers, and scales innovative financial solutions that help families living in extreme poverty, build sustainable livelihoods, and access quality education for their children. So we appreciate you picking that organization to support. And Thank you again so very much for your time today, and we just wish you continued success as you and Galen Data work to change lives for a better world.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I sincerely appreciated it.
0: Uh, Absolutely. Thank you also to our listeners for tuning in, and if you're feeling as inspired as I am right now, I'd love it if you'd share this episode with a colleague or two, and we will catch you next time. The Leading Difference podcast is brought to you by Valentium. Valentium is a contract design and manufacturing firm specializing in the development, production and post-market support of diagnostic and therapeutic active medical devices, including implantables and wearables for neuromodulation and other Class III indications. Valentium's core competencies include electrical design, mechanical design, embedded software, mobile apps, contract manufacturing, embedded cybersecurity, OT cybersecurity, systems engineering, human factors and usability, and automated test systems. Valentium works with clients worldwide from startups seeking seed funding to established Fortune 100 companies. Visit valentium.com to explore your next step in medical device development.